0: The New York Jets are now on the board.
1: Okay, Jeff Vance, Darrell Revis. Being in New York has been one of the greatest blessings. Zach Smith Avenue ran that one right now. The New York Jet Fleck.
0: Welcome to another episode of NFL Draft Preview. Ethan Greenberg, game brugler, fresh off the combine. Both had some great stakes in Indianapolis. You know, one of us got to stay the whole way. How many steaks did you have? Let's, let's set the record straight here. How many steaks did you have in Indianapolis?
1: Uh, I think it was three, um, all fantastic. Um, I mean, can't, <laughs> it can't go wrong with uh, the steakhouses in downtown Indianapolis. The, the cowboy ribeye remains undefeated.
0: Yes. I, I agree with that. I went once. That's what that was my, that was my order, right? We talked about that's what we were going to get originally. Yeah. Uh, did you stick with the cowboy ribeye all three
1: nights? Maybe, uh, it's okay. just, you know, when you find something you like, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a creature of habit. So did you, did you, uh, maybe switch it up a little bit then?
0: No, 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 no. Okay. I'm the same way. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. And this, <laughs> this, this isn't like a, this isn't like, for example, like a fast food chain where, you know, maybe you want to get something different just because you haven't had it before. Like, I know I like it. It's delicious. It's what I needed. And it lived up to its expectations, but talking about maybe exceeding expectations, right? Nice little pivot here into the workouts, the defense. Let's start on Saturday when the defensive line ran, basically ran out of the building in Lucas oil. Is that fair to say? I mean, like, were you, what were your expectations heading into Saturday and really the combine and where did the D line stack up to, to your expectations?
1: Well, Ethan, I've been coming to the combine for over 10 years now and uh, that night, Saturday night, Watching, sitting in Lucas Oil Stadium, watching the defensive tackles, the edge rushers, the linebackers. This is the most fun I've ever had uh, at the combine. Uh, just, you know, sometimes drills, they could drag at times where it's just, all right, you know, how many more uh, groups we have to go through here? And, uh, but that wasn't the case with this group. Uh, it was a lot of fun watching these guys work out. Uh, it started with a bang with Jordan Davis, uh, the nose tackle out of Georgia, 341 pounds, going out there and running a 478. Uh, which is just a remarkable time for a, a guy that size uh, to put it in perspective, Fletcher Cox, he blew it up with a four, seven, nine. And so not, not even as fast as Jordan Davis. Uh, and Jordan Davis is also 43 pounds heavier than Fletcher Cox. So, so it's just hard to really uh, digest fully what Jordan Davis did uh, in his workouts. And it wasn't just the, the, the 40 yard dash you talk about, Uh, a 32-inch vert, a 10-3 broad. So the jumps were amazing as well. Uh, And those are elite numbers for a 300-pounder, let alone a 341-pounder. So uh, I I think Jordan Davis, uh, with what he did, he locked himself into the top 20 picks. And now it's just a matter of, you know, I think some of the questions are still there that we've talked about, you know, the snap count. uh, What does he give you on third down? uh, The pass rush potential, all those questions. Those are still there but with what he did the athleticism that he showed he's going somewhere top 20.
0: How about your guy Travon Walker? I mean the Georgia oh. defense whatever's going on in Athens is doing they're doing something right down there in Georgia yeah. and actually so much to say that in your latest mock draft and we're going to talk about our own Jets 360 mock draft next week but you have Travon Walker going number three overall to the Houston Texans. How much of that is predicated on what he did in Indianapolis?
1: Oh, quite a bit. Uh, and to me, it really wasn't that big of a surprise. Travon Walker was my number six overall player coming into the combine. So, uh, and, and, you know, a big reason for that is because of the freaky traits that he shows on the tape. So, you know, it's just because he showed out at the combine, you don't want to uh, all of a sudden count it twice because uh, that's, that's what I expected. And he uh, met all those expectations, probably exceeded them a little bit. 65 272 pounds, ran a 459 which is outstanding 35 and a half in the vert 10 3 broad 689 in the 3 cone that that's a mind blowing number at 272 pounds to post a better 3 cone than most of the linebackers a lot of wide receivers so a guy that moves like that is just it's special and he has that length 35 and a half inch arms so uh, Travon Walker does he have the production No, but again, when you look at how he was used in that Georgia defense, tightly aligned, asked to hold the point of attack, not asked to just rush the passer, they would drop him into space quite a bit. So uh, just with the way he was used, he was productive. It just doesn't always show up on the stat sheet. So if you use him in more of a a traditional defensive end role where he can set the edge but also get after the quarterback, I think he's going to put up plenty of sack numbers. Uh, The production will follow. So Travon Walker, uh, I, I think already a, a top ten player for me. Uh, only I, I think uh, confirmed that for a lot of other people who maybe had their doubts.
0: So needless to say, Travon Walker, a viable Jets at number four as we sit here mm-hmm. in early March with over a month left in the pre-draft process, right?
1: Yeah, no question. Um, I, I think that he he was already in that mix, in my opinion, uh, because uh, you know I've, I've I've been saying this my my line with Travon Walker the entire draft process has been this in 3 years if you tell me that Travon Walker is the best defensive player from this class that would not be a surprise because he has that ability it's just it, is it more of a projection with him compared to some of these other players yeah because we haven't seen him necessarily do it because of the way he was used but, you know, that's why Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, who also had a great workout, that's why he transferred to, uh, from Georgia to Florida State so he could be that guy. He could be the alpha on the defensive line. He bet on himself and turned into a potential top 10 pick. Uh, and, and Travon Walker, uh, it, you have to understand, you know, reasons and excuses. And I think it's more of a reason, way more of a reason than excuse, why he didn't post the, you know, big time sack numbers. It's just the way he was used.
0: You know, I'm glad you mentioned Jermaine Johnson. He's somebody I wanted to ask you about because he actually spoke with the linebacker group, right? So, mm-hmm. do you read into that at all that he spoke with the linebackers, worked out with the linebackers, as opposed to the DN? Or you think that he's just kind of an edge rusher and he's a three-four outside linebacker and a four-three DN?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't read too much into it. I don't. They did some wacky things with the grouping this year. Nito from Oklahoma, who's uh, you know a, more of a stand-up linebacker, he was with the defensive tackles. Um, the uh, Stanford kid Booker was with the defensive ends when he's clearly a defensive tackle. So I, I don't read too much into it. Um, but I, I do think it's, you know, I, you could make a case why three, four teams that are going to use him as more of a stand up guy and linebacker, uh, you, you know, why they would be interested in him because he can do that, uh, at his size running a four or five, eight, which is the same time cave Thibodeau ran. Uh, so he, I think Jermaine Johnson helped himself. He ran, ran really well. Uh, the, no one, uh, has had the type of calendar year like uh, Jermaine Johnson had like mentioned before, transferring to Florida State, leading the ACC in tackles for loss and sacks, going to the Senior Bowl as the top defensive senior there and just dominating. Uh, you just confirming what we already knew. And then going to the Combine, checking that box uh, and, and leaving Indianapolis as – Probably, uh, you know, a a favorite to be somewhere in the top 10 picks. Uh, You know, who knows if he'll even be on the board when the Jets come on the clock at at number 10. So uh, Jermaine Johnson, I thought, has had uh, a tremendous year, a tremendous draft process, and a a guy that it doesn't matter what scheme you run, uh, he's going to fit. And, you know, like I've mentioned before with him, my my favorite part about uh, what he does is if I clipped my five favorite uh, plays from Jermaine Johnson this year, maybe three of them reverse the run because he is an outstanding run defender, but he also has uh, the explosiveness that you want as a pass rusher.
0: You know, I'm glad you mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau because they, obviously heading into the week, you had said that this was going to be a big week for him. The interview process, a lot of the stuff off the field, but so he runs, he bench presses 27 reps, both pretty uh, 27 reps is impressive. And yeah. then he doesn't do any of the workouts. And you know, I think it was Peter King, wrote an article and he, somebody that he spoke to said like Thibodeau said, you know, it was just kind of a long day. That's why he didn't work out. What does, what's your take on that? Because I imagine that if you're an evaluator and that's the reasoning for not participating on the field, you're like, okay, like what's going on here, especially mixed in the drink that has already been brewed together with all the off field stuff with the brand vision that I think a lot of people think cave Thibodeau has.
1: It, it, it was a choice um and i think it's really a missed opportunity for him uh you know look at a guy like Travon walker who goes out there and does every single drill um not only impresses athletically but the position specific drills was he was outstanding you know watching him do the hoop drill was uh, remarkable and so i think you know you're coming out of the combine feeling so good about Travon walker and what he could be in his projection Kayvon Thibodeau, he has the ability to do that. So why not go out there and show what you can do? You know, it's not something where you're necessarily going to, you know, drop him or. But if teams have a say they have a close grade, uh, almost an identical grade between Kayvon Thibodeau and Travon Walker, you're taking Walker because you just saw him do it on the field. And, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau will have his pro day, but not every evaluator that is at the combine will be at his pro day. Every I'm sure every team will be represented. Maybe not every general manager, where you had almost every general manager in attendance at Lucas Oil watching you work out. So I think it was maybe a little bit of a missed opportunity for him. Uh, but again, it's not something that alone is going to drop him down a little bit. But it it does not help him. I thought it was a missed opportunity.
0: All right. One last question on the defensive line because we're going to talk about these guys as we get closer to the draft. But could yes or no question. In terms of Jermaine Johnson, you said he might not be there at 10. Is he a viable option at number 4 for the Jets?
1: Uh, I I mean, I think sure. Uh, I mean, you could, uh, you know, I think when you're picking four, uh, just lay out the best four players in the draft, and you're going to get one of those guys, right? Mm. So is Jermaine Johnson one of the four best players in the draft? I I mean, I think you could probably stretch it a little bit and, and say that. Uh, for me personally, I I think, you know, he's, he's not the fourth best player, but he's just a a really darn good player and pass rushers. They're going to go early in this draft. I think the top 10, top 12 pass rushers, offensive tackles, we're going to see a lot of those two positions fly off the board, maybe corner as well. So, uh, you know, Jermaine Johnson, I think it's more of a case of he plays the right position. He's a really good player. Is he the fourth best player in the draft? Probably not, but a, a really good player.
0: All right, moving on to cornerback here sauce Gardner, i feel like a lot of the buzz is he had a really good workout and coming out of indianapolis but we were on this podcast a couple weeks ago you told me that cornerback is one of those positions that's really dependent on a stopwatch and he ran the four five two and then the four four seven where then you're looking at another guy like Tariq woolen who was the fastest player at the senior bowl right in terms of gps data and then he had a blazing fast 40 at Lucas Oil. So I'm not asking you to compare the two players, but when you look at two guys who are tall, long, and rangy, how do you go about evaluating their separate workouts, knowing that one of them is clearly a lot faster than the other?
1: Well, and to be fair, the quote-unquote official time for Sauce Gardner was four four one, So, it, it, you know, a lot different than the unofficial times at the NFL Network. So, for Sauce Gardner to go out there with his 33 and a half inch arms, uh, his tall stature, to go out there and run a four-four-one, pretty, pretty impressive. And I, I think that's, you know, it's gonna be hard to see Sauce Gardner fall out of the top ten picks uh, because of that. Uh, not to mention his great film and his just his career resume that they put together. Um, and I think with Tariq Woolen, uh, you know, he there it, it's hard for guys when you are billed as this track star, as this speed demon. It could it be tough at times for you to go out there and consistently live up to that. But you know what? You mentioned the Senior Bowl, 22.45 miles per hour. Uh, that's what they clocked them at. The fastest ever in the five years that they've been tracking that at the Senior Bowl. Goes to the to the combine and rips off a 426 40-yard dash. So for Tariq Woolen, still raw, still growing in a lot of areas of the position. But when you have a guy that's over 200 pounds, 6'3", has length, and has that type of speed, You're going to bet on that. That, That's that's the guy that's going to go somewhere on day two, second or third round. And you're going to look to develop him at the cornerback position. Uh, But I do think with Sauce Gardner coming in with the length that he has, the speed, uh, I think he locked himself into cornerback one for a lot of teams in this draft.
0: Who are other players on defense, regardless of position, that if if you were at a local establishment, let's just say you were out to lunch, you're grabbing a sandwich, someone's like, hey, Dane. Who who are some of the guys that you think, you know, really won the week on defense, not the guys that we talked about? Who else is in that conversation?
1: Well, I, I think, you know, Jordan Davis and what he did, uh, just it kind of sucked all the air out of the room. And so there wasn't much room for everybody else. But Travis Jones, uh, if Jordan Davis was, did not say he didn't work out in Indy, we'd be talking a lot more about Travis Jones, the nose tackle from UConn. Uh, we talked about him at the senior bowl, how he dominated. He showed up, overpowered everyone, showed quickness, Nobody could block him all week. He goes to the combine, and I, I thought he uh, only helped himself further. For a guy that's 325 pounds, running a 4.92 is remarkable. Uh, the, the jumps were solid: 28 and a half vert, 9.2 broad, and then 7.33 in, in, in the three cone. Uh, just a just an outstanding number. For uh, comparison purposes, the league average for a defensive tackle is 7.40, and he ran a 7.33 at 325 pounds. So I thought after the Senior Bowl, Travis Jones had put himself into that top 50 conversation. Would not be surprised at all if he goes in the first round now. Uh, that's that's actually where I put him in my updated mock draft. Uh, so Travis Jones, a big winner. Um, you know, we need to talk about some of these linebackers. Uh, I thought Christian Harris from Alabama ran really well, four 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 in the 40-yard dash, 11 foot in the broad, uh, just the outstanding numbers from him. Not too surprising considering he was a high school corner who goes to Alabama and transitions to linebacker. Uh, Chad Muma from Wyoming, uh, a, a guy who has just, you know, checked every box along, throughout the process, Four six three to the 40-yard dash, 40-inch vert. He also led all linebackers with 27 reps on the bench press. So uh, several of these uh, linebackers did well. And then, uh, you know, we have to mention some of the DBs, Khalif Barnes – or, excuse me, Kalen Barnes. Uh, he was my pick at the beginning of the week for the fastest 40-yard dash. When you look at his track background – Winning state titles as a junior and senior in uh, high school in the state of Texas, uh, for him to go out there and run a four two three, come very very close to uh, uh, beating John Ross's four two two record uh, for the official forty yard dash times in combine history, uh, he, he came close, and you know that speed shows up on tape. So I think that's going to be something that helps him uh, throughout the process. And then at safety, uh, two guys I, I, I really have to mention here. Lewis seen you know that's just another Georgia uh, defender 62 199 pounds his ability to drive on the football uh, you know is something that really stands out with him on film I don't think anybody expect a four three seven and 48 bash that ranked top 10 among all defensive backs better than a lot of corners 36 and a half inch vert and then he had the best broad jump among all defensive players 11 foot one inch uh, he's been a top 50 guy for me dating back to the summer. I think he's lived up to it in every single way. Uh, he's he's going to be a guy that's talked about maybe the back half uh, of round one. And if he's still there in early day two, probably a guy the Jets would be looking at. And then one other player, small school guy. If you're a small schooler coming from an FCS level, there's a little extra that you need to show at the combine. Whether that's fair or not, it's the truth. And for Zion McCullum from Sam Houston State to go out there at 6'2", uh, 200 pounds, he runs a 4-3-3 in the 40-yard dash. He jumped 11 feet in the broad, 39 and a half in the vert. The most impressive numbers that he put up, short shuttle, 394. Just anything, if you come close to four even, it's remarkable. He got under four, 394. And then in the the three cone, anything under seven seconds in the three cone is an above average time. He got 648. So the fastest three cone, the fastest short shuttle at this year's Combine A good week at the Senior Bowl, now an exceptional week at the Combine. We're going to start talking more about Zion McCollum throughout the process and where he might fit in this draft.
0: All right. That was a great answer. And, you know, I'm I'm trying to give you a little bit of a breather just so you can, you know, take a breath. Because I'm going to ask you the same thing about offense. Who are some of those guys that you think on offense really help themselves, whether that's speed, workout, or whatever the case may be?
1: Uh, well, looking at the receivers, Calvin Austin, um, you know, coming in, you know, he's not, the, he's not a big guy. We know that. that that's, you have to be comfortable with a guy that's five, seven, you know, never really going to be bigger than say one-eighty. That's just, that's his makeup. That's who he is. But if, you know, not every offense is going to have a role like that for someone that size, but there's a role for uh, somebody with, with his speed, you know, to come in and run a four, three, two explosive in the jumps, 39 vert was uh, over 11 feet in the broad. And then uh, three cone. You know, I just mentioned how anything under seven seconds is is an above average time. He was six six five in the three cone. So Calvin Austin, the third out of Memphis, uh, track background. So it was expected that he would run well. uh, But uh, I thought he even exceeded those expectations with the way he showed up. Uh, I think he's he's a player that we're going to be talking about uh, possibly on day two. Uh, Another guy who fits that uh, kind of that category is Christian Watson out of North Dakota State, who we saw at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I, I still think the route running is a little more raw than people want to admit, but 6'4, almost 210 pounds, uh, 32 and a half inch arms. He went out there, ran a 4.36, uh, 38 and a half inch uh, vert. Uh, I think he had the best broad jump, 11, uh, at least 11.2, 11 something like that. So Christian Watson helped himself. He's also in that day two mix as a guy who is a little more raw than, uh, like I said, I think people want to admit, but when you have that athleticism, that's the type of guy that you want to get your program and develop and bring along at his own pace. So those, a couple of wide receivers, uh, like those guys really stood out.
0: You know, I, I know that you often talk about guys who cemented, you know, where they'll be drafted. For example, you said Jordan Davis cemented himself as a mm-hmm. top 20 pick. What about a guy like Chris Olave? who you expected to run well. He ran really well. This is a, a wide receiver class that feels like there is, your, is no universal number one guy. Not saying Chris Olave is going to be that guy, but where do you see now after the combine, where do you see Chris Olave most likely being drafted in terms of a range?
1: I, I don't know that what he did necessarily move the needle at all because I think Chris Olave did exactly what he's done at Ohio State the last four years. Uh, play fast, play technically proficient, and go out there and be productive. Uh, that's exactly what he did at Ohio State. That's exactly what he did at the Combine, running right? a 4-3-9 official. I actually thought he'd be a little faster. Uh, his, his unofficial time was in the 4-2s, uh, and then it was adjusted to a 4-3-9. Um, but I, you know, I'm talking to just uh, scouts that are in the stands, because it's, it's also important to point out that teams are going to use their own hand times for these, uh, these workouts, more so than these quote-unquote official times that uh, the NFL posts. Uh, And the main reasoning for that is just so they have some type of continuity between the pro days and the combine when they're using their own hand times. So, but I know talking to some scouts, they had Chris Olave in the low four threes, which I think makes uh, more sense for what he is. Um, But I think when teams look at it and they try to, you know, divide up these receivers and, you know, try to stack them in order, you're going to look at Olave. And yes, I I wish he gave you a little more after the catch. He's not much of a tackle breaker and you just, you don't see enough after the catch. Uh, especially compared to his teammate, Garrett Wilson. But if you're looking for a guy who is going to be in the right place at the right time when he's supposed to be there as a route runner, that's Chris Olave. And he has the speed where you can't just sit on his routes because he will make you pay. Uh, when teams look at that and see a guy that is going to step in from day one and be productive, uh, it's it's going to be uh, – Olave is going to have a lot of potential suitors in the first round. So I think he's going to somewhere in the top 25 picks – And I think the combine just kind of confirmed what we already knew about that.
0: All right, a couple more questions for you. One guy we didn't talk about, I don't want to say he uh, made headlines, but something that was talked about, at least nationally, it seemed like was Kyle Hamilton's 40. Seemed Mm -hmm. like uh, everybody in Indianapolis was running extremely fast, especially like you just said, Sauce Gardner's unofficial times, a lot slower than his official time. But for a guy like Kyle Hamilton, what do you make of his? Specifically, his forty yard dash, and how much does that impact, let's say, the rest of his workout, and potentially how teams view him now in this next month and a half?
1: Yeah, and I think we have to remember he's 6'4", 220 so this is a big, big guy. Um, and so he ran a four five nine. Um, I, yeah, I, I admit I, I thought he'd run faster than that, um, but still, four five nine is not a bad time for a guy that size. And I don't have the numbers yet, but I am eager to find out what his flying twenty was. Uh, you know that. Uh, that 20 to 40 that final that second half of his 40yard dash because for a guy that size it could be a little tough getting out of your stance, getting started uh, uh, unwinding those long legs to uh, to be a, a long strider uh, So i think that 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 he didn't have a great start in those 40 yard dashes but i would bet his flying 20, the final half of that 40 yard dash, Uh, I'm going to put that and compare that to some of these other uh, safeties. And I'll bet it's one of the fastest among the safety group Because that that's where it really shows that closing burst, uh, his ability to uh, go out there and looks, he looked fluid during the positional drills. So I don't think the the needle moves that much on Kyle Hamilton. Uh, Didn't necessarily surpass expectations, but I don't think he hurt himself either.
0: One last question for you. And I do just want to point out that, how freaky of an athlete DK Metcalf is being a similar-ish size, running like a 4-3-3 or whatever he ran for. Well, what did he run? He ran a 4-3, didn't
1: he? Yeah, he was four-threes, a low four-threes. Yeah.
0: Freak. Freak athlete. Just an absolute monster. So I just want to point that out there. But one last question for you. So now that the combine is behind us, how much hay is in the barn in terms of from where you stand, where these players are now ranked between now, early March, and – late April when the draft comes, how much movement can there be? And do you think, will there be?
1: Well, you know, I think from, first of all, I I just want to point out how I think it's kind of funny how every year, um, you know, we hear people talk about, oh, the combine, it's not not really going to move people. It's not really going to, it's not going to be much fluctuation. Yeah, there is. Uh, NFL teams can tell you whatever they want. Yeah, there is. Uh, It just, it's human nature. You know, you're going to see these guys in person. You see these guys move. It's going to affect your how you how you look at these players. It's going to affect your decision-making. It's going to uh, affect how you rank these players. Um, so there will be fluctuation out of the combine. Between now and the rest of the, the, the process, the biggest thing, at least from my perspective, is understanding the medical part. Uh, because there's several players that are coming off, you know, Derek Stingley, for example, coming back from his foot injury. He expects to be a full participant at LSU's Pro Day in early April. Uh, Drake London, the wide receiver from USC, coming off his injury he's expected to be a uh, full participant at his Pro Day in early April. So uh, I think the biggest thing now that we're out of the combine is understanding medically where some of these guys are and should that uh, – is that a red flag? Is that something that should affect where, they, where they're where they drafted? Uh, just getting a, a better picture for uh, the, the medical situations for a lot of these guys, that's the biggest thing for me. But the Pro Days are, are still going to be important, especially for the players that decided not to run uh, a guy like N'Kobe Dean from Georgia who opted not to run wait till pro day. Uh, several several guys did that. Um, and I, it, honestly, it might end up being a mistake for some of these players because the, the track at Lucas Oil Stadium, this is what a lot of people don't know. The track, uh, it, they put a new turf uh, last year, or the summer of 2020 at Lucas Oil Stadium. We didn't have a combine last year in 2021. So this is the first time we've seen these guys work out at the combine on this new track and that was, that was a reason behind a lot of these fast times. And so the, the players that decided not to work out at the combine, not to run, wait to the pro day might end up looking like a mistake.
0: One last question for you. Have you had steak since returning home <laughs> in Ohio?
1: <laughs> no, we got to start. We
0: got to end where we started.
1: Yeah, no, I, I wish. Cause that steak sounds good. Again. Uh, it's never a bad time to have a, a good juicy steak, but uh, no, it's been a lot of, uh, Baby food and uh, you know those those little puffs and things like that. You know, work or helping with the kids and things like. Now that I'm back in the fold here, um, I, I walked in the door. My wife just handed me two babies. So uh, that, that's just that's just how it is. But you know, it's all right. Uh, we got a we got a last month here to really get a lot of work done and uh, get this draft guide done. So I'm excited.
0: And that's how we wrap up the combine preview edition. Dane, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Thanks, Ethan.